0: Gombas part two, <laughs> rated R. <laughs> rated R for
1: Rutro row Raggy.
2: Oh rated my gosh, Brad. no. Like that is enough. I don't want to hear
1: baby talk or
2: see baby cartoons. It's a, it's, I'm an adult.
1: It was an adult cartoon, guys. No, yeah. it
2: was never. When they had
1: the Harlem Globetrotters on, it was a big deal, man. If that was like the f- first big crossover.
2: You know what else the Harlem Globetrotters is on? Huh. Is my kids... Um, school like brain break videos. So yes. all I'm saying is do the math.
1: Yep, yep.
2: It's a kids some cartoon. Us, some <laughs> of us had
1: childhoods that were glorious, and then others of us hate Scooby Doo. And so I'm gonna tell it's... you.
2: Want to know why I hate Scooby? <laughs> do you want to know what I watched before? I always woke up too early on Saturdays, and so I watched something before Saturday cartoons. And I will oh, give you one it? guess.
1: Oh my goodness! And here's it... my
2: hint. For Christmas this year, this is a true love of mine, that for Christmas this year, my dad gave me a desktop calendar where I peel off every day (laughs) of this show.
1: Oh, it's got to be the, like, um, the zoo show or something. Like the local Jack Hanna, like, zoo thing? No?
2: It's, It's not that, but pretty close. I'll just tell you, I was since, like, age four, a huge... Bob Ross fan.
0: Oh, that was the first thing I thought of too. That oh, was that was wow. it on Saturday mornings? <laughs> wow, the happy little cloud. Yeah. Happy wow. Little exactly. Okay, so this.
1: This I mean,
2: explains it, a lot.
1: And yeah, I've been <laughs> I've been on my therapeutic process, and now, now things come together.
2: Now, okay. now I see. How so
1: Bob. Okay, so even down. before, so so Scooby Doo was polluted.
2: I would would say it was like, oh, this is child's play.
0: I'm, so I'm making
2: art here in the morning. <clears throat> and now I don't need Runt no stinking kids. Bonnie
0: wishes a little too highbrow for
1: <laughs> Scooby-Doo. Yes. Yes. I mean, I, I'm not going to lie. I mean, Bob Ross, particularly at three in the morning, is very Calm. compelling. Mm-hmm. It very sounds compelling. Like such,
0: a, such a stoner situation.
2: <laughs> and I've always said, morning, like, I need, to, ah. I need to get those paints and try to do the painting. Like, I'm going to do that. Maybe that's a quarantine dream I have, maybe.
1: Absolutely. Are you kidding me? There should be happy little clouds all over your house right now. <laughs> and trees that, that, that this tree can't be alone, it needs a friend.
0: Absolutely.
2: (laughs) The other day, that he had a good quote, and I was standing by the standing by the coffee maker, and I had some allergies, so I really wasn't crying. But I read the quote, and then I like went like this, and so I was like, "Yep, wow, that got you." I was like, (laughs) "No, but I appreciate that that was in the realm of possibility." (laughs) I love it (laughs) for you.
1: I love it. All right, so we're gonna keep this. And Bonnie. (laughs) What do we have on today's episode?
2: We have part two freaking gombus. gombus okay so this episode is particularly amazing because gombus ends his first one and we asked we start talking about prayer and then in the last two minutes of the episode he just drops this huge bomb like no big deal it's so amazing
1: i'm sh- i'm so shaking my head
2: i'm not i'm <laughs> cheering and when it happens erie says my inner fundamentalist is freaking out.
1: <laughs> yeah. Totally.
2: And I was like cuz I can't, I can't a party. tell
1: if he's riffing if he's riffing there. that's, yeah, or, that's or, the charm
2: of Gombus. It is is he's brutal. like and that's I'm why out. we
1: love him. That's <laughs> yeah. why we love him. I think he was I think he was just riffing on that. Um but it's an interesting question and you'll know it when you hear it. <laughs>
2: it's so good. It's classic. So <laughs> you'll know when you hear it. And if you missed it, you'll be able to tell you missed it because it's just silent.
1: Like, <laughs> all oh, like, my God. <laughs> uh, hello. All right. So um people can email their questions, mm-hmm. right? Yes, please. That's right.
2: To hello at voxpodcast.com. And yep. then it actually his question he asks really leads well into the next episode too so if you can email questions or wait and see if you have any that answer themselves along the way through these episodes um but our next week is pete ends and then we're going to have an outro so you could wait till after ends if you want to email because then we'll kind of compile it all together as well perfect
0: (laughs) what did you say i don't know That was, I couldn't
1: tell if that was a
2: yeehaw. yeehaw,
1: if that was if that was a stifled yawn, uh,
0: no, a, an, an
1: aborted sneeze. I mean, what happened?
0: It was a brain leak? Okay. Singing. Be- <laughs> <laughs> this is,
2: this is right. Corona.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Welcome. Does anyone Welcome to
1: else quarantine, folks? And I don't know if you'll know this reference, Bonnie, but does anyone else play the the old song? Um, Dun, dun,
2: dun, 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 oh, I do dun,
0: know dun, that. Dun, 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 I haven't dun, dun, played that. My Corona. Yeah, that. they came out of like retirement and, for this and, re- and did that. They did it like it from their homes, no. like just racing no. my Sharonas, my Corona. Perfect. And they were just inundated with, like, you guys should do this. And they're like, all right.
1: Is it bad that all the doors are locked? And Seth Erie just walked across our front lo- yard in... Um, Perhaps. Just just everything. I don't know where anyone is. And he just walks <laughs> quietly across the, the front lawn. In the rain, with no shoes on. Never a dull okay. moment. All there right. So anyway, in, into that speaks Gombus. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back with Dr. Timothy Gombas, um, and, uh, and one of the things we kind of left hanging a little bit um, uh, is, is how then, you know, given, so, so you and Bonnie really explored the, the idea of expectation and, and suffering and how, you know, how that plays out. And then we've explored the idea of God being in control isn't even a word that we want to use, but his sovereignty is manifested by humans who live aligned with his purposes. So how does, so let's say I'm in the middle of suffering through something like hypothetically a, a pandemic. Um, <laughs> how, well, how do we pray for that? You know, do, do, is it wrong to pray for healing and protection? Is it wrong to pray for security? Is it wrong to pray Assuming that God can keep me healthy, um, is it is it uh, for those who are sick? Uh, God, can I can I pray for their protection and their healing? You know, does God do that, uh, or does He only use human agents
3: to do that? Mm. So, yeah, those are great questions. Uh, <laughs> uh, to, I think um, a bunch of thoughts about this. I think a lot of our Uh, like a lot of our praying is just bad praying and, Mm -hmm. um, um, yeah, almost all of our praying is bad praying. Bless us food for our body. That's bad. Oh, what the heck does that even mean? Uh, so (laughs) I think it's one thing that's really great is to actually lift up the hood on some of these prayers. We're just, we're just saying, God, this is what I want. And, uh, that's not how prayer is depicted in the psalms uh it's not necessarily how prayer is depicted in the new testament um i would want to explore the full range of what's possible when we pray uh, so many of us don't really consider lament uh, but the lament tradition is massive in the psalmists and the prophets jesus cries out to god asking why on the cross uh, he wrestles in prayer in Gethsemane. And uh, even, think about this, um, even when we die before uh, the day of Christ, even sort of uh, getting to heaven or being with the Lord or whatever that means, that's not exactly relief either. The souls of the martyrs under the throne are, are you know, they uh crying out to God how long how long so this is a question that even they are asking mm-hmm. and I think that in moments like this our first priority uh should be um I mean th- this is these are the kind of things I would consider praying um uh, very short prayers like lord have mercy mm-hmm. I mean that's that's you know in a time like this that's that's not Honestly, that's the only thing I can think of to pray. Um, uh, we could also uh, cry out to God. Your creation is in pain. Where are you? Where are you? Um, I'd love to pick apart Romans eight, but the the spirits grieving and Jesus's um, uh, interceding; those are the Spirit and Jesus are praying to God to bring the day of Christ sooner. So, I mean, they are praying to God, like, mm. Lord, save your creation. So um, that's a legitimate prayer. If Jesus and the Spirit are praying that way, you would think the church would get in on that. But so few of uh, the praying that I ever heard of in uh, my conservative evangelical tradition, we never prayed for the day of the Lord to come. It was like, I don't know, I pray for all kinds of other stuff, you know, uh if someone got sick pray for the doctors to have wisdom even though you have to have a medical license to practice medicine they have wisdom they know what they're doing um we can pray for uh god give your church wisdom and special insight to be attentive in this time to people who are suffering um because christian identity is to have solidarity with those who are suffering if we're not i mean i'm very comfortable in my life so i'm trying to you know, look around in my town, who, who who needs looked after, how can I um, be part of helping somebody out? Mm. Um, I know that God's purposes on earth right now are to unite his church, his fractured and divided church. So I can be praying uh, God by your spirit, move among grace church uh, to, to unite us in this time. So I'm, I'm praying God's purposes and I mean, uh, if I'm promised that I'm going to suffer, but you know, by Jesus, I'm going to suffer in this life, and I'll probably die at some point. Um, my praying should not be oriented by prayers for health, to not suffer and to not die. Do you know what I'm saying? I and uh, I mean, I don't want to die, and I don't want to suffer, and I want my health. Um, but I want to, I want to excavate where. If I'm praying that way, I want to dig under the skin of that and say, why am I praying in these ways when so many of those prayers don't match what anybody prays for in the Bible?
0: Mm-hmm.
3: or when they do pray for them, they kind of you know recalibrate um, and, and rethink their priorities. So yeah, I'd want to praying at this time, I mean uh, Tom Wright had a great article in Time magazine. I mean the only response of the church in this time is lament. There's nothing else to do. Just wail and consider our idolatries. Take this opportunity to examine our ways of life and pray that God would search us. But um, I can only think of lament and praying that God would have mercy. But I don't know the mechanics of that. I mean, (laughs) terrible things happen. I don't know what God is going to do or not do.
1: Well, I know Tim Stafford has had a bunch of questions about prayer in this time. How does that strike you?
0: A lot of that resonates with me. I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to reconcile all this straight through and make a through line. Um, this idea of control and uh, or or not, and then this idea is it an idea of us embracing chaos? Because the chaos thing makes perfect sense, and I feel like I've been wrestling with that for a few years now, in the sense of like the church tries to build a comfort zone that we can kind of isolate and exist in that. And we, and it's become an experiential thing of, of whatever. And I've always felt uncomfortable in that. I, and I can never pinpoint or articulate why. And I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that I do think that the, the, we are in, we're on this rock that's spinning in this galaxy that's spinning in this universe. There, there's a, there's like inherent physical chaos to what we exist in and then there's an existential chaos outside of that and like embracing that or acknowledging that and making that like okay this is what is happening this is what did start at genesis 3 or whatever and kind of move forward i'm comfortable with that i'm okay with that i mm-hmm. like that idea it it shows me a more active way to participate in um in in reality right like i always think about it like we grew up in like a punk movement in the 90s and you kind of wanted to embrace this idea like all of punk was about reacting and being active and being um like you know i'm, I'm thinking of all these quotes from musicians but i don't know if they're relevant to people that don't know who they are um, <laughs> but and, and then you and then there's this idea of like you know you're somebody used to throw around that quote that you're a, uh i don't want to say that either that's gonna piss people off um, <laughs> Tim, well, let's, so
3: Tim and I were going back and forth this last week or two about you two. Yeah, and honestly, uh, yeah, a good rock and roll music captures all this. So think Vertigo. Yeah, this is Vertigo. I mean, that's the, the, the um, lights go down, it's dark. Uh, the jungle is your head, can't rule your heart. I mean, this this whole this, the human has been fractured. And like that song is about a disco that it's just like chaos and it's nuts. And like, what am I even doing here? And how does this work? It's a brilliant song. And it's interesting because the response to that, you know, the, that album is bookended. Uh, the response to that at the end is Yahweh. Yeah. I mean, yeah, just why, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
3: yeah. you know, always pain before the child comes. And also Tim, I was thinking, wake up dead man. All, wake, one of my I all mean, time if favorites. the church would just pray, wake up dead yeah. man. That is the response of the church. Oh, I wish we could throw that. On. I wish we could you?
0: throw that on the end of this without getting in trouble. Oh, oh, so Such
3: good. a great song. Well, because it was that that song was inspired by um, Eugene Peterson's translation of was I think Psalm 44. Oh. Yeah. Wake up! Yeah. Wake up! Right. Where are you? Your world is hurting yeah, and you're, you're not answering. See, so I
0: I like this. I, this makes sense. The lament makes sense. Um, all of that crying out makes sense. A lot of the conversations that you'll have right now are just like, why this is a good God. Why? And why am I praying for intercession? Why would a God who cares about his people, not just intercede on because he is good and doesn't want suffering and stuff. And so the chaos makes sense. Um, it's, I th- and I just see as people, and you know there's folks because of randomness or because of chaos who have had a series of unfortunate events, and then this just mm-hmm. kind of came in at the end. They're just like, I don't get it. Like, I'm done, and I don't see any goodness in God whatsoever, and I don't know what I'm praying for because if he has not interceded so far, why would I believe that he will now? Ooh. And am I even looking for him to do that? Like So it's you know the problem mm-hmm. of pain kind of thing, or however you want to phrase that, is still such a prominent relevant wrestle and so it's like we go to church and we're praying and so when I I led worship at church uh well (laughs) online two weeks ago we did this thing called prayers of the people not like the old liturgical version but kind of like a newer version where we I was like just get me as many specific things that people are lamenting or wrestling with right now and we pray them while I'm playing this song that the chorus of the Mm -hmm. song is just lord have mercy christ have mercy and we pray that we sing that in between each prayer and just kind of like asking Mm -hmm. for god's mercy but even in that you're almost just like i yes we would like mercy in this but why am i asking this good god to be merciful in this time is he because that language tends to lend to an idea of punishment and we're asking for the punisher to to have mercy upon you know his actions does that make sense so in this light of this idea of prayer this conversation about prayer that's what a lot of people i've been talking to have just been like i don't get it i don't know what to pray for anymore because i don't know what god is doing in general but specifically now it's it's a tough wrestling match yeah
3: yeah i mean god is grieving for his world we should join him
1: Hmm. does god ever intervene apart from human agents I'm reminded of. Yeah, uh, do, you, do you remember the Oh God movies with George Burns? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So like, this me, is purely <laughs> a question for. Yes. Yeah, so, <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, awesome. anyone under the age of like 40 is going, what? Anyway. Is so true? Yeah. But there was this dialogue. So, John Denver was traveling <laughs> with George Burns as God. George Burns is God. All right. And John Denver, who knows why it's John Denver? But John Denver's in the car. And he looks at God and says, why do you allow all these wars? And, you know, George Burns, as God looks at him and says, well, why do you allow it? And and in a very overly simplified way, that's kind of what, Tim, uh, you're suggesting.
3: Yeah, in a sense, you know, and I want to say, I mean, uh, I know that God works miraculously in this world. But the, uh, the New Testament tells us exactly how he works miraculously in this world. He's... He's forming communities that will uh, adopt a counterculture way of life and uh, make their main mission in life to bring relief uh, to places in the world that are in pain. And that's God's intervention. So, I mean, yeah, we are God's, I mean, God's sovereign kingship looks right now like Jesus on the cross, and it looks right now like Communities gathered around the cross that live an alternative way of life on behalf of a suffering world. That's what God's intervention looks like. And should we expect Him to do something different?
0: Well, if He expect, doesn't say I wouldn't he, say expect. He doesn't say He's
3: going to. So I I, I can't, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I tend to not think so. I, I just don't know. I, this is why I love. Uh, Cohen films because so honest about what it's like to live in this world of randomness and chaos and destruction. Um, this is what it feels like and I think
0: you're out of your element I mean, Donnie.
3: everything that Tim was just saying <laughs> Donnie, I mean everything that Tim was just saying it's like uh, about the questions that we have those would be good prayers. like God here's my here are my questions. I mean that's that is an act of faith, um, because I think that the world does nothing but raise questions, and when we if we're honest, uh, we we say those questions, and um, yeah. Bunny, what do you think?
2: I'm just listening. Um, I like the I like that idea because um, I think kind of like the control issue when we pray, pray, pray. And then God doesn't do what we want him to do or think he should do or think he says he's going to do that either gives us a narrative of something untrue about God, or it turns into a shame narrative of ourselves. And I don't think either of those are biblical or fruitful. So I like this idea, like you're talking about. um, And I think we've always sort of said that, but the way you said it, so clear right now made a lot of sense i'll never forget i had a a friend a good friend of mine and she was really struggling with um i think it was after the las vegas shooting a few years back and she's like i just i just don't understand um how like why didn't god intervene and i was like what did you want him to do did you like a force field um, like, and I, I'm seriously asking the question because I think that's something we all need to ask when we have that, right? Like knock them down, give him the flu, like the guy who's going to kill the person, like what is it that we are asking? And so we sat on that for a while and I said, what if the way he's intervening is, what can we do about trying to look at our gun laws? What can we do about like, there's so, so this like sort of boots on the ground idea of like, no, God's intervention is when we intervene is when we treat each other like brothers and sisters. And when we come to those in need, and when we look at the marginalized or we help reform policies and different things like that. So, um, I don't know. I love that. I was just soaking it in because the way you said it was, was very clear. And I appreciated that.
1: Tim, what, um, what, what role in all of this mess do the powers and principalities play?
3: Oh yeah. Uh, this is another factor. I was going to say this, uh, what Tim was kind of portraying things like that about a chaotic world. I mean, keep in mind, according to the New Testament, I mean, Satan is the God of this age. I mean, this is his time. Uh, and the powers and authorities uh, and and the powers of sin and death have all entered creation and entered the, uh, the narrative of, the, of unfolding events and are wreaking havoc. And they are, Everything is off. Everything is messed up. And so uh, we should expect to see madness and um, humanfulness and uh, chaos. Um, yeah, they all play a big role. I mean, God's world, this is why Revelation portrays Jesus as the coming one. He, he, he has committed himself utterly to his creation, and he's upset about the condition that it's in and he is on his way to retake it. So if you are part of the ruination of creation, you better watch out, cause you're gonna get it. And if you are part of God's faithful but suffering people, that's gonna be a great time when he finally retakes it.
1: So his wrath his wrath is good news depending on where you sit.
3: Yeah, I mean, he's gonna, He's. if there's anything like control, okay, I think it's something like this, that God is, so, as a sovereign king over his world, he's seen to it that the wrath that has been unleashed because of human rebellion, um, wrath is almost this kind of, um, in Romans, there are times when it's referred to as God's wrath or it's sometimes it's just wrath and mm. sometimes translators just put in gods it, but it's not there. Mm. Like wrath is almost this disconnected thing that mm. is filling the world and God is just making sure that it completely consumes himself, c- consumes itself. Like that evil and destruction is turned on itself. Um, that's the brilliance of the cross. Um, he allows you know wrath and sin and death to win, and that's their loss. And His loss is His triumph. Um, so it's almost like God is ensuring that this whole you know awful thing that has been unleashed on creation. Uh, is brought to a conclusion of self-consumption and, dist- and, and destruction and mm. everybody and everything that has sided with chaos um, is destroyed along with it. So i I mean, I don't think that's control, but it's something like he's seeing to it that that takes place.
1: Mm. So with him working all things to the good in Romans eight or like fulfilled prophecies, um, how is God, I don't know, superintending over things to guarantee the the outcomes, you know, that are yeah. consistent with his character.
3: Uh, yeah, that Romans eight twenty eight passage is uh, we often take that the wrong way. It's it's not that uh, God is orchestrating events to kind of bring good into our lives or or yeah. bad or whatever, but that when these things take place, God is fully present there, uh, working in the midst of all things to do good to His people. And the good is, um, the, you know, in the midst of the squabbles that they start with each other, God is doing, he's working good to, to bring unity. Um, so, I mean, the, the good is really the unity of his people and, uh, the joy of his people in the midst of hardships. And, uh, like in Romans five, one of the ways that God triumphs over hardship for his people is that he miraculously transforms hardship into fuel for perseverance. Um, that's why Christians can boast in suffering um, and boast in God, because he He holds onto us in special ways and uh, drives us to persevere, even when things are coming apart like they do. Um, fulfilled prophecies, man, that's a... I think there are a lot fewer fulfilled prophecies. There are a lot fewer prophecies in the Bible than people imagine. And, um, <laughs> I mean, most of the yeah. prophets are just railing against corrupt, uh, you know, religious institutional leaders. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, they're not really predicting things necessarily. But yeah, God, I mean, I'm just I trying to anticipate
1: think... objections from our reformed brothers uh, and sisters.
3: Yeah, I'm not a, yeah, anyway. <laughs> You're clearly not, yes. <laughs> yeah. Not yes. a Calvinista. <laughs>
0: But I like it. There, there's there's a through line. It seems of um, praying, um, like lamenting, praying for mercy, but praying for discernment and wisdom and unity, and uh, and and praying for those things so that we can partner in um, the vision that God has for His people or for His church, and then for for the role that His church His hands have in society right like the way that we yeah. can partner and bring forward um how we can end suffering or how we can aid the sick or how we can um, all that kind of stuff like that makes sense to me I, I can run with that I can put a period at the end of the sentence on that I don't need mm-hmm. I don't need it to be bigger than that that makes sense to me it, it resonates with my frustrations with the church's um, seeking of comfort and for themselves to make it really comfortable, um, inspired church environment, but I like the idea of um, praying for a partnership that God wants to see in there. And then I see that with the prophets too like you are railing against, um, the things that are happening that don't reflect, um, God's interest in His people or in His creation and that kind of stuff. Boom, I can run with that. We, I, we went for a hike. I'm just, uh, You know, I live right on a canyon, and the hike the hikes are just insane. They're so beautiful, and the trees. It's quiet, and there's a river running through there, and it's very just like you kind of stop and breathe, and you actually shut your brain down for a second, which is a gift that just you can't find anywhere in this world. Um, And we were just having a conversation about how like how is it that the church does not lead the environmental movement? As the kings and queens of over-creation, as the stewards, as as God creates, and he's just like, day one, oh, man, this is good. Day two, oh, man, this is good. Like the God of the universe is like tracking with his creation, being like, I'm 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 blowing my own mind. I want to talk to somebody about this. This is so good. He makes (laughs) some people, and he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. How good is this? I want you guys to be involved with this. And then instead, you just rarely see the church lead that conversation. I know this is a side note, but for me, it correlates to the whole thing of just like, we are our role our partnership and 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 praying into that and finding what that looks like in this world
3: yeah doing those kinds of things is what god's sovereignty looks like when humans care for god's world and bring about its flourishing the way he wanted us to yeah actually i think um uh, what you're saying Tim is really important. It's important um, to occupy all these uh, uh, postures and identities as, as people who are Christian. And I think we forget it, part of it. We forget to lament when things are, are going well for us, but uh, I've been doing the same thing on my walks uh, with with fewer traffic. I mean, the birds are out more now. I mean, I've, I don't know how many deer I've seen. And um, I've been trying to stop and just look at, that family of woodpeckers just look at the stand of trees and just say god your world is beautiful like this is a this Mm. is a messed up situation like there's brokenness here but there's beauty and there's wonder and uh to occupy both of those i think is really strategic
0: tell me tell me the story the one about eternity and the way it's all gonna be yeah baby that's you too guys Wake up! I'm gonna. I, when we're done here. I'm putting it's that out. I got great song. papers. I'm gonna.
2: I'll be singing "Wake Up, that
1: Man." Bonnie, what? Uh, what last thoughts do you have?
2: I don't have any last thoughts. I've really enjoyed listening to you guys. Uh, like sort of just frame some of this and hold it in tension. Um, yeah, this has been great.
1: I I really agree with that. It's been it's been helpful for me. One of the things that you end on that was super helpful. Was that in Genesis 1 and 2, you see God both as transcendent king over the world that speaks things into existence. And then in Genesis 2, um, that's in Genesis 1. And in Genesis 2, you see him forming and creating with his hands, so to speak, uh, more imminently in the world. And that tension creates mystery that the phrase God is in control removes. Yeah, totally. And that is it collapses that. It collapses that entirely. Yeah, and we've so, got...
3: Yeah, go, oh, ahead. So go ahead, Mike. Nope. Yeah, just to say, uh, yeah, how do you how do you have a God who is outside of... I mean, is he outside of time? I don't know. We say that kind of thing as if we know what we're talking about. <laughs> but, but somehow, <laughs> somehow he's distinct from his world and above it. And he already has appointed Christ as the Lord of the future world that we're going to inhabit um, when the new creation comes at the same time god is an is a uh, a genuine participant interacting with humanity as the whole drama unfolds and i'm i'm just thinking of like genesis 3 and god shows up to talk to his image bearers and he can't find them i mean he says like where are you and i have always i've always heard like god knows where they are he's just you know and then he asks them these questions he knows the answers well why do we assume that he is genuinely, what if he's genuinely befuddled? Like, what happened here? Um, that's what we see also. That's high in... on the heresy meter right
1: there.
2: I love, I love that you're like, my last thought is, <laughs> God's heresy. befuddled? And yeah. I'm out, you guys. <laughs> and I'm out. <laughs>
3: he's baffled. Uh, and then also in, <laughs> in Genesis, uh, so later, good. when uh, he stops Abraham from killing his son, he's like, stop. Now I know, like he's genuinely getting to know Abraham. Mm. So I mean, it's like he is a character in the unfolding drama, and we're not we're not used to we're we're just so used to not taking the Bible seriously when it presents him that way. We we read behind the text all these omnis that aren't there. Good Lord, Mic dang!
2: Drop. I really love that.
0: So let's move into chapter three. Yeah, no, <laughs> That's seriously. That's nice If I ever,
3: you know. I'll wait till another, uh, you know, 1.30 in the morning, wake up, and I'll just start banging the keys and we'll figure it out.
1: Yeah. If, if you're interested, um, Tim has a blog called Faith Improvised and um, his Facebook page is um, pretty fascinating. That's just posts the stuff there. Yeah. It's just, it's just, there aren't many gombuses that we're aware of. <laughs> there are none. And so, um, or as we, you know, we'll we'll have some content from Gombus, and then the line will just be freaking Gombus. And then that just means in shorthand. Like that, was so, that
2: was so, Gombus, I really love that about you because you really lived up. We did this whole thing, and at the end you're like, I don't know. We just read a bunch in. I think he 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 doesn't know either. All right, right. you guys. Well, <laughs> this is so classic.
3: See, this is the thing. Uh, I, I would actually purposely stop short of saying he doesn't know. I'm just saying he's stunned,
0: you know? And what does that anyway, mean?
3: Just like Jesus is surprised by the century's faith. It's like, he's really, that's Generally his genuine like, reaction. Oh, wow. Like, yeah.
1: My inner fundy is is crying right now.
2: <laughs> Mine is celebrating. <laughs> I loved this last yeah, this is the thing, four right, minutes. About,
3: about <laughs> our Bible culture that I grew up in, it was always like, uh, all this rhetoric about the word of God, you know, it confronts us It it really shakes us up, all this kind of stuff. And then we, do, we what we really mean by that is our theology is going to shake up your theology. We never expect scripture to mess with my theology. Do you know what mm, I mean? But it's like, yeah. no, it's, it's designed to confront the people of God in their complacently developed theology and really make them uncomfortable. So when that happens, we should be like, Hey, this is happening. Yeah. Mm. Anyway freaking just the only thing to say freaking gombas
1: can we all say that at one time gombas you don't have too. to say it but can the three of us say it one two three freaking, freaking. Gombas. gombas and that's how it's said yeah, well great. my friend thank you thank hey, you so great always. to see you guys and so fun to hang out yeah you i really too. appreciate your time yeah, enjoy absolutely. your youtube and greeting i definitely will all right Take care, friend. See ya.
2: Bye, Tim.
1: See ya, buddy. See ya, Tim.
3: See ya, Mike.